You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrgs.nl. Now, let's get into the podcast. Well, good morning, everybody. Hello. <laughs> it's so wonderful. It's such a wonderful time of the year. And I, and I think it is a real privilege to be able to, to gather around God's Word and to say, Lord, come and, and help us to, to see with new eyes. Uh, give us a fresh understanding, the story that we are so familiar with. And so what we've done is, over the last few weeks, we have um, looked at some of the characters in the story around the birth of Jesus Christ. We've looked at Mary, we've spoken about Joseph, and we have come to discover uh, the journeys that these characters went on, both geographically, physically, but also spiritually and emotionally, uh, personal journeys that they undertook. And so then whilst doing that, we are saying, uh, Lord, help us. Holy Spirit, help us to pay attention as you prompt us, as you guide and encourage us to take our own journey. And so, Lord, whatever the journey is that I need to be on this Christmas 2022, I welcome that. I welcome that into my life. And I say, Lord, here I am. So, that's what we've been doing. Today, we are going to look at the shepherds, uh, the wonderful shepherds from Luke's gospel. So I want us to, to just take a minute or two and let's just read the story again. Uh, Luke's account, and we'll encounter some shepherds, and then uh, we'll we, we see how far we get. I've, I've got a bunch of things that stand out for me as I read this passage. Uh, some lessons, I think, that we can learn about the shepherds. I'm not going to tell you how many points I've got. We'll We'll just see how far we get. But let's just center our hearts, mind, and attention, and, and let's focus on the story again. Let's remind ourselves of this beautiful moment. I'm going to read for us from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 6 to 20. Okay, so we remember now, we picked the story up where uh, Mary and Joseph have now traveled to Bethlehem. And we picked the story up there. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Nearby, shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angel stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them. And they were terrified. Understandably so. <laughs> then the angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring you good news. Wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find 
a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God, and they said, Glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. Amen. A wonderful story, beautiful story. So in this passage, I remind you what's going on here. This is probably one of the most countercultural passages you will find in Scripture. Such a countercultural passage. I'll explain why just now. But what we have here is we've got a group of shepherds in the wilderness, I remind you, to cast your mind back to a couple of months ago. People, shepherds, in the wilderness, God's messenger comes to them there with this news of all news, the greatest news in all of human history, that God loves us so much that he wants to be with us in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And this messenger of God delivers this glorious message to shepherds in the wilderness. As I read the story, look, as I said, I've got a list of things. We'll just work our way through some of them. We'll see how far we get. But there are a few things that really stand out for me, lessons that I think we can learn from the shepherds, important things we need to be reminded of as we reflect upon and prepare our hearts to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You ready? Okay, well, here's the first thing, I think. The first lesson, I think, from the shepherds, the first thing that stands out to me is this. Who you are, who you are matters more than what you know, than what you bring, than what you have. Lesson number one. Who you are matters more to God than what you know or what you bring. This, for me, becomes a lesson around true value. Okay. So, I remind you. You remember last week I told you uh, we really have two accounts of the Christmas story in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel. Mark, not John, remember I said to tell the Christmas story in his own beautiful, very unique, Joannine way. Remember I also said to you that... Um, uh, 
in Luke's gospel, we have the story more from the angle, more from the perspective of Mary. And Matthew's account is more from the perspective of Joseph. But you will remember now in Matthew's account, the first people that came to visit Jesus were wise men, wise philosophers from a center or centers of learning out of the East. They were learned. They were educated. Wise. And in fact, they were more than wise and educated and learned. We know that they must have been very important as well because they could get an audience with the king. Do you remember the story? Not only were they wise and learned and educated, but they were important. Not only were they those two things, they also came with rare and expensive gifts. In Luke's story, the first people to come and visit Jesus, to come and see Jesus, were not the wise men. They were shepherds. Now think about this for a minute. All the things that the wise men were, the shepherds were not. They were not educated. They were not particularly wise or learned. They were most definitely not important. We know from history that shepherds, let's just be really honest, were really the least of the least, the poorest of the poor, and really the nobodies in society. In fact, we know that they were not even allowed to give testimony in court because we cannot trust these shepherds. They are dodgy. They are not really to be trusted in any way. So they were most definitely not important, and they most definitely did not come bearing rare and expensive gifts. In fact, the only thing they brought to Jesus was fear, confusion, and questions. And in fact, they did not even have the sense to understand at first what was going on as we read Luke's story. They were more impressed with the choir of angels. And I mean, we can understand that. Who wouldn't be? It was only around verse 20 or so that we get the sense that, okay, now they understand the significance of this, who this child is. I want to ask you to reflect upon your own life for a moment as we consider these two accounts. And I want you to think, how do you respond when you are called to come and approach Christ Jesus? When you are called to come to him, how do you respond? Do you respond uh, as we read in Matthew's gospel with a sense of, well, I can only really be in relationship with him. I can only really come to him when I know stuff, when I'm learned, and I've got things figured out, and I have an understanding of things. Or I can only really come to him and only really be in relationship with him when I have something to bring him, when I have something to offer him. I can only really be in relationship with him when I can give him something. But I 
think the good news lesson for me in the shepherds, the story of the shepherds. He said, God doesn't care so much about what you do, what you bring, what you have, what you know. But in the shepherds, I see the heart of God coming to them, saying God just simply longs for you to come. As the shepherds did. For you to come like you are, as the shepherds did. With a heart that says, well, I don't really necessarily know everything, but I want to find out. I want to come. And so I come with my everything. I come even if it means coming like the shepherds did with the stench or the smell of the wilderness still lingering on me and with lots of questions. In fact, what I see in the story, God invites us to come exactly like that with our stink, our uncleanliness, and our questions. I love that. Thank you for that, Lord, that I can come unclean and with my questions. Who you are matters more than what you know or what you bring, I see in the shepherds. Second lesson, I think, that stands out that as we look at the story of the shepherds is this. It's in verse 9. Interesting thing that stands out to me as we read the story is this, that true worship, number two, true worship. Well, firstly, I think we get a glimpse into what true worship is in verse 9. And then true worship should always lead to a measure of awe, reverence, and the fear of God. True worship should always lead to a measure of awe, of reverence, and the fear of God. Let me read verse 9 to you again. The Lord's angel stood before them. And the Lord's glory shone around them. And they were terrified. Okay, here's what I, what I see happening here. First, just a comment, just a, a reminder, which is interesting about Luke's gospel. Whenever you read Luke's gospel, uh, you will encounter angels. Angels in Luke's gospel is a very, very important textual element. You must know this about Luke. It's an important textual element. So he uses angels quite a bit. And whenever we read in Luke's gospel about angels, we are meant to know that something important is about to happen. Something significant is about to take place. I, you and I are meant to, when we encounter angels in Luke's gospel, we're meant to stop and take note and see, okay, what, what's happening here? What's he trying to convey and I think in this instance, part of what he's trying to convey to us is about worship. He says that the Lord's glory shone around them. 
Now, the word there uh, for the Lord's glory is the word doxa. And to understand that word, you see, so often uh, the original language is much richer than the English. It gives a fuller meaning so often than what our English language does. And, and, and if you unpack this word doxa, the Lord's glory, the understanding we come to is that this presence, this all-soaking-in, this all-pervasive and forever transforming and making new presence of God was all-pervasive. So not only did it fill the heavens and all around them, but also their very hearts and minds. And so I think part of what Luke wants us to understand, he's saying the kind of worship, the kind of relationship you and I should desire to have with God is an all-pervasive presence of God. Where we say, God, come and shine your glory in my heart and in my mind. I want to know your glory, that all-pervasive presence of you, Father God. I want to know it in every area, every aspect, every compartment, department, every corner of my life. I welcome your all-pervasive glory in every part of me. But then... Also, not just in me, but all around me. And so I think the challenge becomes then for us that perhaps maybe some of us need to say, God, may my worship of you take on more of an affective element. And here's what I mean. So many of us experience the glory of God in us, experience the glory of God in our hearts and minds and in our private devotions, in our private Bible study, and we know God there, but there is no real sense of social holiness. There's no real sense or desire to see the glory of God shine around me. I don't really see or I'm not really bothered or really care to see God at work in history and in the world around me. I'm just so focused on the glory of ride, but the glory of God shining in and around me. And the challenge then, true worship, is that God, may your glory shine not just in me, but may you use me to shine it around me. May it become all pervasive. For some of us, it might be the opposite. We can recognize God's presence in the world around us as we walk in nature or this or wherever around us, but we don't really have ever experienced it in our lives, in our hearts and minds. As I read verse 9, I see this challenge to say, God, I desire your all-pervasive presence in every area of my life. And then to see it all around me. I want to see it shine around me. 
true worship. And then we have this word, terrified. I'm going to put the Greek word up there for you, so you can read it for yourself, because I'm not Greek, and I cannot pronounce that. Ipo Bethesan. From the root word, uh, root word phobos, where we get our English word phobia from. And it says, and they were terrified. And I think there's something to be said here. That whenever we invite the glory of the Lord to captivate my heart and mind and every fiber of who I am, and I surrender to his creating and transforming work in every aspect of my life, and then desire to see that almighty glory and power at work in the lives around me, that it can only bring you to one place on your knees. I think evidence of the glory of the Lord in us and around us is a place of acknowledging His greatness and His majesty and should, I think, always leave us with a certain amount of the fear of God. Okay, that's another one. Here's one more, I think. I see in the story of the shepherds that God trusts ordinary people with great things. Don't you see that in the life of the shepherds? I mean, think about it just for a second. Why does God choose to use shepherds? And so, by the way, not just any old shepherds. These were night shift shepherds. They weren't even good enough shepherds to look after the sheep in the day. So they were probably the dodgiest of the lot. They were scariest of them all. Maybe, maybe a criminal in there or two. Who knows? It doesn't say that. This is me. I'm, I'm just you know, adding it in there. But these were nighttime shepherds. Why does God choose to use them? Why didn't God go, which would have made far more sense if you ask me, to the mayor of the town? That would have been way more strategic. He's got influence. The message can get out faster and further. Or to the local rabbi. That would be way more strategic, I think. If you want to get the message out there. Shepherds? In the wilderness, no less. Nighttime shepherds at that. And so we see the message of all messages. That the creator God is with us. Bypasses the kings and queens and nobles. And it settles in a field in the wilderness with smelly old shepherds. That leads them to a stable. Why? What we see here 
I think. And here's this countercultural thing I think that I was talking about. We see God just turning the pyramid on its head. Really. The people right at the bottom. He puts right at the top. And the people right at the top. He puts them right at the very bottom. And so God comes to these, this bunch of misfits, uneducated, nothing to bring other than fear and questions and confusion. That perhaps don't fit in, that are not even worthy to speak and give testimony in court. And he comes to them and it's as if God says, Do you feel like the night shift? <laughs> like you don't fit in anyway? That you don't fit the mold? That you don't have what it takes to be seen and valued and heard? That the message of God comes to people such as these? That God wants to come to you with the greatest message of them all? That God can and wants to use you. Even if you live perhaps like some of these shepherds did, with a sense of unfulfilled brokenness, shame, God wants to use you. More than that, not only does the message of God, of the birth of Jesus Christ, come to people such as these, he entrusts them with it. Can you see the irony here? Can you see this, these ideas of justice and righteousness here? Those who are not trusted to give testimony in court God Almighty entrusts the greatest message of them all to such as these. God trusts ordinary people with great things. God wants to trust you. Wants to use you. Okay, we've got time for more. Okay, you want another one? You ready? Okay, here's one more. You don't have to understand it all to share it with others. I see in the life of the shepherds. You don't have to understand it all to share it with others. This for me becomes a lesson around faithfulness and courage. Listen, our shepherds, unlike Matthew's wise men, didn't have it all together. They didn't know it all. They weren't sure where to go initially. They weren't sure where to find Jesus, what this was all about. <clears throat> and maybe that's how, how you feel sometimes, that you don't have it all figured out. You don't have it all together. You don't have complete control of what's going on in your life. I think we see that in the life of the shepherds here. They weren't uh, uh, wise men traveling around. They were just ordinary shepherds trying to get through night shift with their sheep. And then God's angel comes to them. But despite their 
their confusion and their fear and, their, and not knowing everything and understanding everything that's going on. Despite that, we read in verse 15 that they said, listen, let's follow up on this. Let's hurry. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's discover what's going on here. And so my question for you becomes this. When was the last time you hurried as these shepherds did, to go and discover something new that God was calling you into as he did the shepherds? When was the last time you invested time and energy and made effort in your relationship with God? Because what you will discover is if you do like the shepherds did, your life will be changed forever, as it was for the shepherds, no doubt. And then we see in verse 19 that even though they did not have it all together or did not understand it all, they still shared it with people. And people were amazed. Now listen, I can guarantee you this for sure, that these shepherds most definitely did not have an eloquently crafted theological argument about the nature of Christ. Guaranteed. But they wanted to know and explore and said, listen, let's hurry, let's go to Bethlehem quickly, let's see what this is all about. And so I want to encourage you, may this be your heart. Say, God, listen, I want to hurry to Bethlehem. I want to make time and effort to give something new and beautiful to my relationship with you so that I too can discover Jesus as the shepherds did, so that my, my life too will be changed in every area, compartment, department of my life. And then even though I don't understand it, like the shepherds, give me the courage to just share what I have heard, what I have seen. Unlike the wise men, their witness of Christ was not based on their knowledge, but on their experience. You don't have to understand it all or have it all figured out in order to share it with others. That's what I learned from the shepherds. Listen, there's more, but I think my time's up. Okay, one quick one. This will be like 30 seconds. Okay, just one. I'll give you one quick one. Do you see where they found Jesus? Where? In the stable. Do you think shepherds were familiar with stables? I mean, that's so, come on. That's like obvious right there, right? That's so good. We find Jesus in all the familiar places. That becomes our challenge. Yes, to invite and to recognize Jesus and to, and to welcome him in those unexpected moments of life. Yes. But the real challenge becomes to find him in the familiar places, the everyday moments of life. Can you find Christ in the familiar places this season at work? <laughs> can you find him there in the familiar? Okay, I'm done now. The end. I mean, right. Some lessons from the shepherds. Let us pray. Father God, this Christmas, my prayer, and I pray it is echoed in every heart here today, is a prayer that says, God, I want to and I desire the all pervasive presence of God in my life, my heart and mind, every area 
I desire to worship you as those shepherds undoubtedly did. Come, Lord Jesus, and may your glory shine in me and around me. Use me as you did those shepherds. Even if I haven't got it all figured out, to shine your glory all around this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.